Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. And, uh, and really what I want to talk about is, I'm not going to preach for, for long, but I just want to talk about this concept of fasting in relation to our focus. And I really want to talk about God-focused fasting. Um, because how many know sometimes, especially if you fast a lot, um, it can your focus can can get different. Your uh, maybe you fast a lot, or maybe it's the first time you fast. I've met lots of people that are very fast focused. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you only during the fast, all you focus on is the fact that you're fasting. Do you know what I mean? It's like everywhere you look, you see cheeseburgers. You you can't. It it it, it your focus is the fact that you're fasting. You wake up in the morning and it's, you focus on the fact that you can't have breakfast or you focus on the fact that you cannot have coffee. We have people that, that, that focus so much on what they're doing during the fast. Do you ever meet people like that? You focus on someone, you, 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 focus, you, you meet someone rather during a fast and all they seem to talk about is what they're fasting. Do you know what I mean? Hey bro, how are you? I'm fasting coffee. So I don't care. Do you know what I mean? People that try and talk it, you know what I mean? They somehow work a way into a conversation to, to insert the fact that they're fasting and what it is that they're actually fasting. Do you know what I mean? It's like people, the Bible talked about it. Jesus talked about it with the Pharisees. And what the Pharisees used to do is they used to make themselves look down and make themselves look tired so everybody knew that they're fasting. You know those people? Don't look at the person beside you. But you know what? You know those people? It's like, well, I would go to lunch, but gee, I'm fasting this week, so I can't. Or they make you feel bad about what you're fasting. Do you know those people? Oh, you're having a burger, are you? Well, I'm having green beans. Well, good on you. Have your green beans. I'm having a burger and I'm going to enjoy it. Some people that are like, oh, wow, are you having coffee? I'm not doing coffee. (laughs) I'm not doing coffee. Are you, do, are you having a coffee? You having a double shot? Oh, no, not me. I'm sorry. I'm so close to Jesus. <laughs> You're one of those people, are you? You're one of those fasters that have coffee. I'm not me. I'm in, hot water for me. Hot water. Hot water and a bit of lemon for me because me and Jesus, you know. We, we, we're just... I had a coffee this morning. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for asking. I'm happy having my coffee, thanks very much. You worry about what you're fasting about, we'll worry about what we fast about. People, you know, people that it's, they focus so much on what they're fasting, what they're not eating, what they're not doing. And what I want to preach, I want to preach about being God-focused in our fast. God-centred. It's, it's not about what you do during the fast. It's about focusing on what God has already done for us and drawing closer to Him during the fast. Jesus talked about, as I said, Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong verse. Matthew 6, 16, He said, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that, do you, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your Father who is in the secret, who is in the secret place and your Father 
who sees in secret will reward you openly. We need to, as you, as you fast, we need to not be fast focused, not me focused. When I talk about being me focused during the fast, don't get in that wrong mindset of you're earning something. Fasting is not a striving thing. If you feel like you're striving, denying your flesh to beat your flesh, to, to earn what God, understand it's not about that. It's a difference between earning and drawing. It's not about earning what, what, what you want God to do. It's about drawing closer to the God who's already done it. That's what we're doing. There shouldn't be a striving that you feel. you And guard yourself. This, To be honest, this is something I've got to guard myself in. We can all get like that. We can all get religious sometimes in how we fast. You've got, to, you've got to guard yourself in it. Yes, be disciplined and, and yes, set, set in place. There is, a, there is an element of discipline you know, in it that you have to deny your flesh. But, but understand it's not a striving. It's drawing near to Him. It's, it's building and growing your spirit. I find as you fast, your, your spirit comes alive. You get into a rhythm. For those of you that have fasted before, you start to enjoy it. Your spirit starts to, starts to enjoy getting up and, and drawing nearer to God. It's about God-focused fasting. I wanna encourage you, don't be fast-focused, be God-focused. Also, as you fast, make sure that you are not problem-focused. People can be so, far, so focused as they fast and as they pray that they're actually so folk, their focus is not God, but what they want God to do for them during the fast. And hear me when I say this, but I understand we're all fasting for different things. We want breakthrough in our business and, and healing for, our, for ourselves and, and God to restore family. But, but understand that that cannot be your focus. Your focus has to be Him. Whatever you focus on in your life grows. And what we have to do is we have to magnify the Lord. We have to lift up the name of Jesus. Our focus during the fast has got to be Him. Don't let, don't, in your prayer time, don't let the thing that you're praying for, do you understand? Don't let it become your focus. Let the God who can restore and change become your focus. When you finish praying, if you don't feel refreshed, maybe you're not praying, maybe you're complaining. Sometimes what we do is instead of praying, we just simply complain in the presence of God. You'll know because when you pray, there's a, part, there's a handing over. That's how I like to view it. When I get with God, I have things that I want God to do. Yes, I have things I'm believing for. But prayer time is actually handing those things off so I don't carry the weight of it. I hand it off to Him and I say, God, you take this. God, you carry this. And I walk out of that prayer time feeling refreshed, feeling like a weight's lifted off because I've handed it over. I haven't just complained about it. It's God-focused fasting. I love that the, the, in Matthew 6 verse 9, there's the familiar verse where Jesus talks to the disciples about how to pray. And Jesus begins by, by first thing that He says to them, He says, when you, he says, when you pray, he says, pray by starting and saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. See how he talks about what your focus needs to be. 
When you pray, your focus is not your issue. Your focus is not the challenge. Your focus is how big God is. He begins by saying, our Father in heaven. That is such a powerful way to begin praying because what it does is it helps you understand your position as a child of God. When you begin by saying, our Father in heaven, you understand that's a powerful thing because hell hears your prayers as well. And when you pray and you begin by praying, it's, what he's talking about is here, is he's talking about praying with an understanding of who you are as a child of God. Yeah. That you're praying from a position of victory, not defeat. Yeah. You're not praying from a position of, God, could you please, you know, like begging God. I don't want to pray and beg God. I pray from a, a position of understanding myself as a son or daughter. I'm not praying, asking God to do something that He hasn't already done. Understand as a son or daughter, when you get and you understand and you've got a revelation of your position in Christ Jesus, you're asking your heavenly Father to manifest something in your life that He has already done on the cross. It changes the whole way in which you pray. We need to, as a church, understand this. This is something that, that we do every Thursday morning. We're starting back again this Thursday with our business people. For those of you that are in business, you might be a business owner. Maybe you just work in business or in the workplace. From 6.30am to 7.30am every Thursday morning, we pray over businesses. I have a stack of business cards that we pray over every week as well. But one thing that we talk about a lot when we pray is we talk about understanding the perspective from which you're praying from. When you're praying and when you're fasting and it's God focused, you understand the perspective and you understand your position. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus when you pray? I want to tell you, when you pray, it is powerful. When you pray, hell hears your prayers. When you pray, heaven hears your prayers. Sometimes the devil has a greater revelation of who you are than you do. You've got to understand who you are in Christ Jesus and what you're doing when you get up in the morning early and you're fasting and you're denying your flesh and you're getting with God and you're, you've got things you're praying for. I understand in the Spirit. I often think if we could see in the Spirit, we would live so much differently. We would operate so differently. If you could see what God is doing in the Spirit when you pray, because authority has been given to you. He gave it, it was given to Adam and Eve in the garden. But remember, they handed it over when, when they listened to the serpent. But then when Jesus came, Jesus took back all authority and then He gave authority to us. That's why He says when He talks in Matthew, He says, call down kingdom on heaven. Or when you pray, it's not just saying, God, I just would you. No, you're calling down. When you pray and you fast, you're reaching from earth. You're reaching up to heaven and you're pulling down heaven onto earth into your situation. But you can only do it if you understand who you are in Christ Jesus. You've got to know your position. You've got to know who you are as a son or daughter of God. He's Heavenly Father, He says, Heavenly Father. It's your position. It speaks of your position. When you understand Him as your Heavenly Father, you know who you are. 
What it also does is when you understand Him as your heavenly Father, you also, you also understand not just your position, but you understand where you're headed. You understand your destination. If you understand, and hear me, if you understand because His heavenly Father speaks of where you came from, doesn't it? So if you know where you've come from, it also gives you an understanding of where you're going. And when I'm talking about where you're going, I'm not just talking about eternity beyond here. We've watered down the Christian walk to just knowing God and going to heaven. Understand it's bigger than that. Knowing Him and being in relationship with Him is not just about where you're going to spend eternity. It's about what you're going to accomplish here on earth. And if you understand Him and you are God-focused in your fasting, you understand the direction or the location or the destination that God has for you here on earth. And let me explain. When, when we pray, if you're praying for a family situation, let's say you're praying for your family and you're believing God for God to restore unity. There's been a family breakdown and you're praying and you're believing for unity. Are, are you just praying for things to get a bit better? Are you just praying for things to improve? Because I wanna challenge you, God has a greater destination for your family than just for things to improve. Do you believe that? Do you understand that He has a supernatural destination for your family and it's not that things would just improve, it's that things would actually be made completely whole as if there was no disunity at all. That's what the Bible says. In fact, I wanna dare you even believe for beyond that. I've got faith for it for families. Believe that it would be not just how it was, but better. Because if we understood that His Word says that what Satan meant for evil, it doesn't say what Satan meant for evil, God will make better. God, God will just bring it back to how it was. He says what Satan meant for evil, He will turn it around and mean it for the good. So if we understand the destination, do you know what I'm saying? You've got to know the destination, but you won't understand the destination if, you don't be, if you're not God-focused in your prayers. God focused in your fasting. When we were, we were away, Cresta and I got back yesterday from Australia. We went home to be with my family. Um, I'm originally from there, if some of you didn't know that. I know, you know, I know I blend in really well, but um, Cresta and I moved out here uh, two years ago, or, or I did rather. And, and uh, so we went back to be with my family and I met, I have two nieces, or I have five nieces now, but I met two new ones that, that had just, just recently been born. And so that was exciting. And, and uh, so we flew in last night. And uh, so we're a little bit jet lagged, but praise Jesus. And uh, it's a 14 hour flight from Melbourne to LA. And I don't love to fly. I'm not a big fan of flying. The Bible says, low, I'm with you always. So I figure <laughs> it's a church joke, you know, forget it. <laughs> Every now and then you've got to just throw one in. It's for you, Pastor Javen. Um, and, and we went out there. So we went out there. That's such a bad joke, eh? I've heard that. We, we, we went out there and we got to the airport and we were going to go. Um, I was with my family for five da four days in, in Melbourne and then we were flying up to a place called the Sunshine Coast, which is on the east coast 
of Australia, um, beautiful part of the world. There's a, little, there's a little town there called Noosa. And so we were heading up there for where we normally vacation. We've been vacationing there for years. And, and so we flew out of Melbourne. I was with my parents and Caressa and I. And we flew into Brisbane and we were meant to, to, uh, to get a car at Brisbane. And so we went to the, the, the rental car rental place and there had been a mix up and they didn't have a car for us. And it's about a two-hour drive from the airport to this town, Noosa, this little beach town that we we're headed to. And so Cressa said, why don't we call, why don't we, um, call Uber, do it, you know, book an Uber. Those, some of you might know, it's, like a, it's sort of like a taxi but not type vibe. And so anyway, so she said, let's book an Uber. So we booked the Uber and, and if you do, you do it online and you can see where the little car is, you know, he's coming around the corner and then you look for him and wave him down so I see the car on the map and then the car comes around the corner. So there's me, Caressa, my mum and dad. So we've got four adults, four big bags and, and carry-on bags. So I'm watching the little car on the, on the screen, you know, and then it comes around the corner and it appears and it was, it was without a doubt the smallest car on the face of the planet. <laughs> you know when you go to the circus... And the clowns come out on a little car. That's what this dude looked like coming around the corner. I thought, are you joking? My foot won't fit in that car. He came around, it pulled up. A guy just got out, got out of the car. I'm like, bro, are you serious? He goes, oh, it'll be good, it'll be good, it'll be good. I admired his faith and I thought, all right, let's try to do this. He opens up the back of the car and it's the world's smallest trunk in the world's smallest car. So we begin loading these bags in. It's like Tetris, you know, you're trying to fit all the bags and you slam it shut. You, so finally, short version is finally we, we managed to somehow supernaturally get in the car with all of the bags. Uh, the guy's driving and then, then my dad is in the front. I've got, no, my mum is in the front. I'm on the window, caresses in the middle, and my dad is beside her, and there's three bags across our laps on the back seat. Like, bro, we were packed in there. I'm sitting in there. It's like a two-hour drive. It's 110 degrees on the east coast of, of Australia, right? And the, the driver has, has his GPS, you know, little GPS on the thing, and he punches in the location, so we begin driving. I can see, like I can, I've got enough of a view, like just between two bags to see the little GPS. And I'm sitting there and we're headed, we're headed cruising up the coast. But what helps me in that scenario is the fact that I've fixed my eyes on the GPS. And even though it's challenging now, I can hang in there because I know where I'm going. I know that even though this is a situation right now, I know I'm not staying here. I didn't, I'm not going to be in the car for two weeks vacation. Thank you, Jesus. I see it as a temporary situation that I'm not staying in. And some of you need to understand as you fast, you've got to get a God destination in your heart and in your spirit and see your situation. It's not, it's not where you're staying. That's not your destination. It's a temporary situation and fix your eyes on the destination that God has for you. And I wanna ask you this morning, do you know the destination God has? 
desires for you? Do you know the destination for whatever it is that you're believing for God to do? Fix your eyes upon the God that has set up complete freedom for you and for your situation. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the situation. That's what too many people pray and too many people as they're praying, all they're, they're just thinking lots out loud over how bad everything is and they call it praying. It's being God-focused in your prayers. There's a great story as I, as I was looking, but there's a, a story in, in two stories that, that came to my mind. One is in, in Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy 9 and it talks about where Moses... Moses goes up, it's a time where Moses actually fasted. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And in in verse 9, it says, understand this before we look at it. But what happened was the the Israelites were not, they were not in a great place. They were complainers, they were were moaning, they they always had an issue. They They were difficult people to lead, difficult people to work with. Moses had issue after issue with them. But then what we find here in Deuteronomy 9 verse 9, it says, When I went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of covenant, which the Lord made with you, then I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank wine. Then the Lord delivered to me two stones of tablets written with the finger of God, and then them were all the words, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. But what I love about this is for Moses, it's this time of fasting. But what he does is in the fasting time, he pulls away from the problem. He pulls away from the situation and gets with God and has, he has this God-focused fasting time where God downloads a solution, but he had to pull away from the problem to get the solution. And I wanna encourage you during this fasting time, don't let it be a time where you dwell and focus on the problem. Pull away from the problem and focus on Him. Pull away from the situation and draw strength from Him. It's about drawing near to Him. There's another example in, in, um, in 1 Kings where it talks about this story of Jezebel. You'd know the story. Jezebel was this, I mean, she's a messed up chick. She's, you know, causing lots of problems. I mean, that's, to, that's being nice to this chick. I mean, and it says here, Elijah, Elijah freaks out. You got, I mean, he's a powerful prophet. He freaks out. She's after him. And it says, then he lay in, in 19 verse five, it says, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his hand was a cake of baked, uh, was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Verse seven, and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, "Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you." So he arose and ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food, forty days and forty nights. And he goes on, the story goes on and he has this encounter with God. But it says that during that time, God provided for him through the angel, God providing for him food that was not natural food. It was supernatural food that was able to sustain him for the 40 days and for the 40 nights where during that time he got revelation from God and got a download from heaven. 
There's no talk of Jezebel during this time. There's no talk of the problem. It's this time where he pulls away from the problem to seek God and draw nearer to God. It's God-focused fasting, God-focused prayers. And I wanna encourage you during this fasting time, don't focus on the problem. Lift your eyes, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse one, it says, uh, verse two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. Understand the destination that God has for you. I like to talk of it like it's offensive prayer. We pray a lot from a defensive position. And understand me, I I believe in that. I think that's important. We need to pray the blood of Jesus and protection over our families, absolutely. But I don't just wanna be praying from from a defensive standpoint. I don't just wanna survive where I am. I don't just want protection where I am. I wanna take new ground. I want, to, I want to start to get, we need to, as we pray, we need to start getting on the offensive. Don't just pray for God to, to perhaps restore a problem to how it was. Pray, pray that God would take you beyond where it was. Pray, that, pray from an offensive standpoint. When you pray for your children, and I've had a heart for, for parents that are praying, believing for, for children to come back for, to God. Don't just pray for the enemy to take his hand off your kids. Pray for God to put his hand on them. Don't just pray for your business. Don't just pray for the bills to get paid. Pray for that pressed down, shaken together, running over type of blessing. Don't, don't. I think what we need to do is, and I want to stir you during this fasting time, when you've got God-focused fasting, your eyes get lifted and you start believing for crazy things. I think we need to start during this prayer time. And it was, it's been stirring in my heart. We need to start praying for crazy stuff. I mean, stupid things. I mean, things that, you know, God spoke to me. I felt that this morning, start praying for things you don't deserve. Start praying for some of you, you, you. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't deserve to have a blessed marriage. I don't deserve to have a blessed marriage. We do stupid things. We make mistakes. We say things we shouldn't say. We argue. We're not perfect. But I thank God that when I pray and when I go before God in prayer and hear me when I see this, God does not see you. If He saw you, then that would be it. He wouldn't be able to do anything because we are imperfect. But when we come before God, He doesn't see this. What He sees is the bloodstained cross of Jesus Christ. And He says, you don't deserve it. But because of Jesus Christ and His grace, I'm gonna pour out my goodness upon your marriage and I will restore every single thing the enemy has taken. Some of you are gonna grow your faith and stop trying to earn what you're praying for and receive. Receive it through the grace of God. How many are grateful for God that He does not see me, but He sees Jesus. He's gonna do things in your life that you do not deserve. And I feel God speaking to me. Some of you business owners and business people, some of you have done some stupid things. Let's be honest. Some of you have made some, how many business people wanna say, you know what? I don't deserve for God to bless my business. You're in a great place for God to do something powerful. 
That's it. Listen, how great, how, what a testament to the goodness and grace of God that in the midst of making dumb decisions, silly decisions, stupid calls, partnered with the wrong people, made the wrong contract happen, walked into the wrong meeting, did the wrong. But listen, I want to stir you. You don't deserve it. Great. But just receive it. Receive what Jesus has done on the cross. Be dumb and crazy enough and faith-filled enough to say, you know what, God, I know I don't deserve it, but would you just touch my business? I know I don't, I know I haven't earned it. I know I'm not smart enough. I know I'm not positioned perhaps correctly in, in everything in the natural, but I do know my position in Jesus Christ. Would you pour out your favour upon my business? Do you believe that God is good enough to do that? See, God loves to do it. He loves to pour out on people that don't deserve it. You know why? Because the ones that don't deserve it, when He does it, they're the ones that say, God, all glory to You. When God touches your marriage, I don't mean, I don't mean just as some of you that have gone through horrible things. Horrible things where the enemy came in and it was just downright sin. Mistakes, hurt, words spoken, things done whatever it might be. And you deserve issues. You deserve, listen, in the natural, you deserve, hear my heart, in the natural, practically, we would say in the natural, well, it's just, it's the consequences. I want to, I want to hear, and hear my heart. In the natural, we say it's just, it's just, you made your bed, you got to lie in it. Well, listen, we don't serve a God of the natural where there is complete repentance, brokenness before God. I believe and I feel like God is saying this to some marriages here. I wanna encourage you, start to lift your eyes. You've been just believing for God to just maybe make it bearable, just to pull it together, just to keep it sort of together. Let's believe for God to do some supernatural restoration. Do you believe that God can restore it? Do you believe that with the blood of Jesus Christ, He will pour out such a supernatural restoration of that marriage that it would not just be like it was, but it would be better than it was before? The people would look at your marriage and say, how are, how, I mean, how are you guys so close? What a great testimony that would be. People would look at you that perhaps don't know the story. And couples would say, how are, how are you guys so in love, so close, so connected? How are you guys so one? What have you done? What a great opportunity to say, you know what? It was nothing that we did. We walked through hell, but God pulled us together. What a, what a powerful testimony for your business. People could look at you and say, how is, how is your business? I mean, you don't, you're not like a, you know, you don't seem like a huge sort of, you know, intelligent businessman. You just seem like a regular. Come on, how many are grateful that we serve a God that can touch things that. I want to encourage you. I want to stir you. It's time for us this fast. Devoted, set apart, 
was looking at some of these descriptions of the word devoted. It said given over to, steadfast, constant. Would we draw near as we fast? Would we draw near and understand as we're drawing near? We're drawing, you're drawing near to a supernatural God. He spoke the world into existence. You think He cannot restore? You think He cannot give you back everything that the enemy has taken and some? God's not on a timeline. Some of you have put God on a timeline saying, well, it's too late. It's, I'm too old. Are you joking? We're, not, we're bound by, He's not bound by time. You've, you've put God, some of you single people have thought, well, you know what, I mean, it's, um, I'm too old. Listen, God can change it in a second. God can change it in a second. Lift your eyes. Fix your eyes upon a supernatural God. Don't look at the problem. Just start magnifying the name of Jesus Christ. Dare to believe that He's going to do something that you don't deserve. It's God focused. As we pray and as we fast, let's be God focused. I'm believing and praying that some of you are going to have some of the greatest encounters you've ever had in your whole entire life. Focus on that. Focus on those encounters where you cannot stand in the presence of God. Focus on drawing near to Him and and just knowing Him more. As you pray, you say, God, I want to know You more. I want to know your heart. I want to sense your touch. Some of you, this fast is going to be like a refreshing. Like the day you got saved. A God-focused fast. God-focused prayers. Fixing our eyes upon Him. Seeking His face before we seek His hand. For it's what He does for us. And you watch what God will do. I'm telling you, supernatural things. Supernatural things. But some of you, you've got to break off this whole thing of deserving it. That's enough of that. Some of you think that because of the past, yes, you made past mistakes. If you've repented, it's done, man. It's, forget it. Quit letting it hold you back. Some of you have accepted, you've accepted second rate because of the past. You water, when you do that, you water down the power of the cross. Let the blood do what the blood, only the blood can do. Some of you just got to receive it, that it is done. You made mistakes in business. Fine, it's done, finish. Receive blessing now. Receive the grace of God. Stop trying to strive and earn it. Some of you parents, you made mistakes and you think that's why your kids ran away. God was the perfect Father and His children still rebelled. 
You might have made mistakes. You might have done things you shouldn't have. You might have not done things you should have, whatever it might be. In this fast, I want to encourage you, get before God, repent, get broken before Him and then receive His best only by His grace. God focus fasting. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes in this atmosphere. I know. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.